all the movies are digitized, you know, scanned and put into the computer at high resolution. Did you almost say jizzitized? Yeah, I almost said jizzitized. Okay, we can't talk about pulling out anymore. (laughs) That's where your mind goes. The 2OC, the show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world, Orange County, California, and Orange County, Florida. Welcome to episode 14. This episode of 2OC, we talk about ICUC, we all see seafood. Don't call it a comeback. Fisker's, Fisker's been around for years. And Anton and I debate who pulls out better. I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. All right, Anton, where are we starting today? Uh, I'm talking about my current diet right now. Uh, it's called the seafood diet. It's where you see food and then you eat it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dad joke for all the listeners. But I'm not a dad yet, so I think that's cool. Anyways, anyhow. No, so, it's backwards. <laughs> you, you're not a dad, so you shouldn't be making those jokes. Anyways, about seafood. What is your favorite seafood place in California? Do you have any? Uh, it all depends, dude. But I mostly I mostly go for the sushi. I don't I don't really go mm-hmm. for the cooked seafood. So you're not a crab person or anything like that. Uh, crab is good, but I'll get tired of it really fast. I think it's the mm-hmm. I think it's just the same texture over and over again. At least with sea, with uh sushi, you get some variety. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a sushi person. You know that. So, if it's crab, it's a whole different story because it's more like you have to get really dirty when you eat the food. You know, your hands. You have to peel them and everything, right? Yeah, I don't I don't want to work that much for my dinner. I'm a you know I live in 2017, not in the caveman years. <laughs> yeah, but have you ever been to any of the beach restaurants or anything like that in California? Uh, no, not really. I usually stay away from that because of the tourists. Mm, okay. uh, the, I, I hear you're cracking up a, a beer right now. Yeah, sorry. Speaking of summer, I just opened up a Stone IPA that I got for for my birthday. My coworkers surprised me and left it for me on my desk. Stoner. That's stoner? Stone. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, there's a classic orange, uh, not orange candy, Southern California beer. Uh, San Diegan. San Diego, San Diegoian. Um, San Diegoian or San Diegan? Uh, I think San Diegan sounds better, right? San Diegan sounds different. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I think the most recent beachside restaurant that I've been to is um, the Deck on Newport. Mm, fancy. Yeah, it's small, but it's yeah, it's really good food. Yeah. What about uh, uh, Wahoo's Fish Tacos? Because I know that California is really good for that. I like some Wahoo's. I mean, I don't go that often, but I'm not going to say no mm-hmm. to it. Good fish. Mm-hmm. So, are, would you prefer a fancy type of seafood restaurant, or would you prefer a beachy vibe? Uh, I prefer a kickback vibe. Mm-hmm. So, just because I, I, I don't want my food to be too serious. As long as it's good and I get to relax and enjoy it, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, because my, my favorite place to eat in uh, Florida right now is actually, you know, it's kind of hard. Because we're surrounded by lots of water in the panhandle, so we got a lot of really good food around here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we got some interesting stuff in the water, but uh, just because I'm Asian doesn't mean that I kill sharks and, you know, make shark fin soup or anything out here in Florida. I thought that was Norwegian. 
No, it's a it's a Chinese thing. It's an Asian thing. But uh, <laughs> you're gonna start enemy. You're gonna have enemies in the like Netherlands now. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of sharks are dying because they don't have their fins to you know pretty much uh, glide them through the water. Yeah, so. it's depressing when you see some of like the footage from like the bottom of the seafloor in some like shark shark populated areas. That's depressing. Yeah. Well, since we're t- already talking about seafood, there's this place up in, uh, I think, Universal Studios at the Hilton Hotel. They have a really, really good all-you-can-eat restaurant there. And they mainly do a lot of seafood, mm-hmm. especially sashimi. You're, you're a sashimi guy. They got lots of sashimi here. Ooh, speaking of, what's your favorite sashimi? Uh, my favorite sashimi would have to be uh, kind of like yours. Uh, your favorite is yellowtail, correct? Yep. Yeah, yellowtail's got some uh, really good fats in there, mm-hmm. and it's got some that uh, lean taste, uh, kind of like tuna. Yeah, it, it's a little bit stronger, but it's not too 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 harsh to chew on or anything like that. Yeah, I, I'd say yellowtail is kind of like in between the tuna and salmon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's why it, it, what what makes it so good. It's it's easy to eat too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that restaurant uh, at the Hilton Hotel up in Universal Studios, they have that buffet that serves shark fin soup. Ooh. I don't, I don't think they have it anymore because of all the regulations in California where they ban certain things that are served. Well, like fogo. Yeah, but there's some restaurants that go around it by substituting. They substitute like the the whatever like they they are advertising for another type of meat, kind of like crab meat that are artificial crab meat is kind of grounded up fish. Imitation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think the other one too is fish cakes. Not fish cakes, but it's uh it's supposed to be fancy. They're little like kind of disc something. Like, I think we ha- I had them bacon wrapped. Bacon wrapped. Yeah, hold on. Scallops. Scallops. There we go. I could not <laughs> remember. That. Uh, yeah, like scallops. I think the. The knockoffs are actually uh, stingray, mm. like the fins. They kind of just like pop them out. Interesting. Yeah. Because here, here uh, in Florida, we have, I think it's scallop season right now on the the Gulf side. Yeah. So there's a lot of people uh, taking boats out and getting a lot of scallops and basically pull them up and and scrape them off and start eating. And people put like um, a little bit of vinegar and stuff and just eat them raw. So it's kind of like a uh, like a clam clam bake, yeah, and they're they're sweet too, which is uh, delicious. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, that's that's a cool thing about Florida. There's so much stuff here, and uh, we got quite a bit of restaurants out here too. And just to name a few of them, we got Bahama Breeze, which is an East Coast chain. It, it, there's a lot of them in Florida, and there are some in other states too. But I mean, since it's a chain on the East Coast. Uh, it's a pretty decent restaurant for, for being like a, a chain. Mm-hmm. And then we got a lot of fast foods for like uh, fish and chips, like Captain D's, Long John Silver's. Captain D's. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had Captain D's once and it's okay. It, it, it's a little f- too fancy for me on on the fried fish. I, I, I'd go with the Long John Silver's and just get the... Classics like you know I'm, shrimps. I'm sorry. Like. Something called Captain D's is fancy. Uh, it, it's more fancy. It's it's kind of like a, a difference between KFC and Popeyes. Okay, uh, it, it, yeah. they're in the same category, but one is just slightly higher than the other one. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we also got this other 
chain called Fishbones. It's a very fancy restaurant, though. It, they they got some sushi in there. They they got some uh, dry aged steaks and stuff. Ooh. So uh, you you looking at spending probably at least fifty dollars to a hundred dollars a plate. Ooh. So yeah, and they they got some really fresh stuff too. Uh, I've ate there a couple of times, and I'd have to say it's it's a very very decent. Uh, Seafood restaurant. I would hope so for $50 a plate. Uh, I remember when you came here to visit with your um, friend. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had the Lyrix oysters. Uh, you remember that? Uh, Lyrix oysters. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that shade, yeah. shady dive bar oyster bar. Yeah, I, I think that's a cool bar. I think that's a really cool bar to go to because you got uh, a historical place which has been around for a very long time, and you got that bar that's that's really dirty, made out of cement, yeah. and it's kind of grandfathered in because you're not allowed to have cement uh, bars anymore because of the code regulations of, you know, yeah. being sanitary. Yeah, and you know what? I like that place too. I mean, yeah, when you first walk in, it's kind of a shock, but it's such a kill, like chill vibe. Like it, the way you would feel at home, like a neighborhood bar. Like where everybody just like they go once a week or they stop by here and there, but they all know each other. That's like the same vibe you get from that place. Yeah, and they're all very friendly too, yeah. which is uh, cool. You you talk to them about anything. Because the interesting thing about this place is they open late, yeah. So sometimes they get some pretty interesting people that are drunk and they just want some oysters, and they got some really good stories to tell you. So it's a it's a really fun ride. Well, because I think when we went, we went there around like what nine. Nine or ten? Yeah, nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they were closing down, but uh, they, they, they stayed for us. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And the, the bartender was chill. He, did, he was not rushing mm-hmm. us. He was just like checking up on us, making sure we had everything we needed. Mm-hmm. And I think the cool thing about this restaurant is that they buy so much crackers, Nabisco. Oh, yeah, the saltines. Yeah, the saltines. The, the president of Nabisco actually went there and eat and try to figure out what are these guys doing ordering like so many pallets of the saltine crackers. You don't ask questions. If you make the sale, you just sell it and you walk away. You don't <laughs> ask questions. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, uh, you might sell it to black market and stuff What the like hell that. are they going to be doing with saltines? <laughs> I, I have no idea. You probably wholesale that stuff to Costco or oh something. Oh, my God. But anyways, the Lebrex is probably one of those places that I really like for seafood. But uh, I think by far my favorite would have to be Miss Apple. Uh, I didn't take you there last time, did I? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, this is more like uh, more closer to the Atlantic side uh, where Cocoa Beach is. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like about Miss Apple is that they sell a lot of fresh seafood there that you can bring home. It's it's like a little shack located at the end of the bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of the bay bridges of Cocoa Beach. This place is a little dirty because you eat outside. It's like a little... Um, shed on the side with uh everything's made out of wood it's rustic and yeah it's rustic and uh, it's very beach vibey so uh I, I think that's a cool thing about eating at this place is you get that uh, that that scenery so anyways a, a good tip for anybody whoever wants to go to miss apples is when you go here you got to bring your own beverages because they don't sell anything really? so you can bring your own beers and stuff like that so it's kind of cool that you get to bring your own beverage. That's still kind of weird, though. Yeah, because, well, this place is not really a restaurant. It's more of a shack that sells seafood. 
Uh, what do you think about microwave seafood? Have you ever microwaved seafood? Uh, I prefer not to. I, I, yeah. That doesn't seem like you'd get the best out of it because you're, you're either going to dry it out or it's not going to have the right texture. Yeah. So anyways, this, this place, they, they do a lot of really weird stuff. Like, I mean, because they sell a lot of the seafood, like they sell crabs, they sell lobsters, they sell like uh, fishes, uh, and you get to pick them out. You get to like scoop them up and put them into buckets and stuff. And you can either bring it home or you can have them boil it for you or you can have them ste- steam it for you. But they also have a bunch of stuff that, that's already been pre-made. So they freeze it in their freezer. Mm. So that's why I'm trying to get to the, the microwave part is that they have 10 microwaves for the customers to use. And once you order whatever platter that you want, they grab they grab it from the freezer and you just go to the microwave and microwave for probably about two minutes. That's it? And then, yeah, that's it. And then after that, you bring it outside and you, uh, you sit and eat. And the platters that they get from the freezer, you can order stuff like shrimp, crab, lobsters, potatoes. And they got lots of, lots of, lots of butter. Everything that you eat is like infused with like... Lots of butter, like a whole stick. You're probably eating one stick per person at this place. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I like butter, but maybe too much. Yeah, but I mean, this place, the the way that they marinate the butter, though, because they, they do a lot of breading and stuff like that, too. So they add uh, garlic, and it just makes it delicious. Oh, and also they they have conch salad. Which is bomb. It's so good. And uh, I don't know. Conch salad. Well, it's pronounced conch. But I call it conch. Okay. Every- no, I, I, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, is it just served in a conch or what? Uh, no, no, no. Um, well, you, some places do that. But it's this is just a conch salad. So basically they chop it up and then they mix it with, like, you know, coleslaw style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's really good. I mean, it. it uh, citrus flavors in there, a little bit of vinegar, and the the crunchiness from the salad and the conch just works so well mm-hmm. together. Anyways, conch is something that I find really delicious here in Florida because it's a staple food of the Caribbean, and there's a lot of conch everywhere on on the beaches too. So, yeah, so that's pretty much my seafood craze over here. So. So are you actually trying to do a, a seafood diet or are you just saying that like, you've been eating a lot of it? No, I've been just seeing a lot of food and I just eat it. Okay. I was going to say like a seafood diet would be very, very expensive. Oh yeah. It's very expensive. I mean, can you imagine eating sushi every day? No, but the thing is like during Lent when like get to, I can't eat red meat on Friday, mm-hmm. I that, even that starts adding up just like just to have like fish or something else prepared for like my lunches and dinners on Fridays. Yeah, actually, my my whole diet right now is I'm I'm been trying to eat less. I've been eating smaller portions, and I've been going on the soylent diet for like lunch at work, and so far it's not bad. I mean, I it cuts the crave off of a starvation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's an it's essentially like a what's it called like the slim fast or like any of those re- meal replacement yeah uh like shakes yeah for for a while i was pretty skeptical of the the way that they do their whole operation because i've seen mm-hmm. the videos of of the startup there's just there's like a bunch of kids 
basically from college that work at this place and all they do all day is scoop the powder into pouches and then ship them off Ooh, yeah that'd be kind of weird about that yeah it's a really uh, weird looking warehouse though like it looks like it's very unsanitary and all they do is like have gloves on and then a, a mask yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I think the, the actual heavy-duty mixing is done by machines, and they're kind of just doing the... No, no they're, they're the mixing su- it themselves. Everything by hand? Everything by hand. And that, that's how they oh. did it back in the days, but uh, I think it's well, a lot better now. Well, that's because they're a small business. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Uh, well, either way, I think that diet's more healthy than the diet I have this week, where yesterday I went to... Because it's my birthday week. Mm-hmm. Yay, me. Woohoo, happy birthday. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, yeah, so uh, yesterday I went to Korean barbecue. Oh, God, that sounds good. Right? And then today for lunch, I had Chipotle. Because, like, a, like my, my coworker wanted to take me out to lunch. Mm-hmm. And the, for my birthday week, and I'm going to be going to San Diego for Morton's. Ooh, nice. Well, you can get Morton's anywhere, though. Well, I know, but I'm also, I'm also going to be doing a tour of San Diego and all oh, that. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, I'm doing that, and then I, I don't know where my family is taking me. So yeah, see, uh, the thing about steaks is I uh, I prefer Ruth Chris over uh-huh. all the other steakhouses for some weird reason. Uh, every steakhouse that I eat at, uh, uh, okay, my my best steakhouse I've ever been to is the one in New York, which is uh, Peter Luger. But I'm not gonna uh-huh. I'm not gonna compare Peter Luger because that's way out of all the restaurants leagues. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I think uh, Ruth Chris is probably my favorite out of Morton's, Fleming's, and any of the other ones. Yeah, I, we we definitely have to coordinate a a New York visit because I want to try that place. Because you were talking about last time, uh, actually, my last birthday when we went out to Disney Springs, dude, that was pretty that. good. I, I'd say that that was a good steak. That, dude. Was, that was a buttery steak. Yeah, for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, it is a restaurant called SCK. It's a chain, but they got lots and lots and lots of really good cuts at the restaurant. And they got a psalm on site when we were eating uh, for your birthday. And he actually recommended a pretty good wine. We actually really, really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that paired it really nice. Yeah, delicious. So uh, if you ever come upon a restaurant called STK, you got to try it out. It's pretty decent. I I recommend it. Yeah. All right, Anton. Anything more about your seafood diet? No, it's a lot of food. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, get away from it for a little bit. Well, you mentioned a bunch of college students uh, working in the in the Soylent, Soylent factory. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Willy Wonka wannabe factory. Oh, yeah. There are some college students in, in Orange County that are a bit pissed off. Why are they pissed did off? You hear, did you hear what happened with UC Irvine? Oh, what happened to University of Chinese Immigrants? <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, when I was looking it up, the majority of the, the students they talked to were Indian. There's like one Asian and like four <laughs> Indian. In late July, about 500 UC Irvine students, or future UC Irvine students that were tra- either transferring community college or just straight out of high school, they were happy to be accepted like get their acceptance letters and somewhere around late July, they received a letter from um, 
from UCI saying, uh, never mind, you can't come. But, and it sucks because those 500 students, I guess that UC Irvine is saying that it was an error in their system that they accepted too many students. Um, I can't pull, find the number right now, but uh, I'll say, th- say they expect about 21, 2300 students of like incoming freshmen, mm-hmm. but they accepted 3000. Wow. That's a lot of students. So, right. So they were trying to like, well, we need to be more strict about our requirements. Usually like they're kind of leaning on the cut on the, the deadlines. So they said like, well, let's go back. Let's see who didn't follow the, our, our rules or our, um, our requirements as well as others did. And we'll send them rejection letters. That's not fair, actually. I mean, you know, you're... No, it's not. Yeah, you're... Late July, dude. Yeah, at least... Yeah, at least let the students know ahead of time so then they can plan accordingly. I mean, they're they're expecting to go to school at UCI and not waste any time. I mean, if they weren't accepted, they probably got accepted elsewhere and they would have been mm-hmm. able to go to that school instead of UCI. Right. So instead, they made plans for UCI. They were all set. And then they were saying, nope. Uh, so what happened was after the news came forward, came out, the student body, um, the elected student body for for UCI, they set up a petition and um, protested the administration to like, hey, you sent the, those acceptance letters. Do you have to honor it? It's only fair. Yeah. And I guess like with the media coverage over the past week or so, they they finally said, fine, you guys can come. That's good. But I, the only thing is that because there's so many students now, I think they're going to yeah. have some problems with uh, overcrowded classrooms. Like, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be complaining about not having enough classrooms for these students. And mm-hmm. these spots of classes will be filled up like instantaneously. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise they're they're also kind of stuck. Like those five hundred students would be out of out of college when they were expected yeah. to go right away. Yep. So it's kind of a bad situation. But at the same yeah. time, that was UCI's mistake, so they have to suck it up. They have to yeah, they have to suck it up and try to find a solution. Yeah, um, yeah. Luckily, with all the media coverage and the angry letters, mm-hmm. and I'm sure some threats in there, they they finally said, "Fine, fine, we we resend our rejection letters. We're sorry." <laughs> But they were yeah, for like a while they were kinda of holding holding strong. They're saying they're saying like, Oh, like yeah, we we sent the, the acceptance letters, but you know, we, we have to do what we have to do. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yep. Power to the people. Jesus, dude, but like, oh my god, I can't imagine how much stress those kids are and I'll put it this way, some of the students that were rejected because of supposedly they did, they didn't meet the the qualifications, two of them that they interviewed were students that had like a 4.3 average, uh, GPA average. Wow. Another one, they they said they got rejected because they didn't submit their transcript before the deadline. Mm-hmm. And they had they still had the receipt for the certified mail that they sent it in before the deadline. So it seems like they're, they're kind of, they said they had their reasons, but some of them apparently were not holding true. These school systems need to fix things a little bit. I mean, it's a lot of students to be able to, take care of and uh, try to get things mm-hmm. done on time but yeah things things need to be a lot better in the future for these uh schools yeah but i mean i, I honestly don't 
I don't know how this snuck under the radar for me. I didn't hear about it until after UCI started sending apology letters and um, letting students come. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's my story of somebody pulling out. What's your story about somebody pulling out? Yeah, okay. Uh, Disney pulls out of Netflix. Poor Netflix. Yeah, because uh, it, it was afraid that it was going to impregnate Netflix. So, And it's going to have like little Netflix for kids yeah. everywhere? Yeah, Disney characters everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, Descendants. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's two seasons before I realized what the hell that was. Oh, really? I, I've yeah. never watched an episode. I, I just know what it I is. I haven't. I haven't either. I just finally saw the poster and I was like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Anyways, this is a big deal for Netflix because their stocks plummeted because uh, of the announcement that Disney was going to pull it, uh, pull out. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the reason why Disney is doing that is because they want to do their own streaming services because of all the movies that they have. And, you know, Disney already has a history of things like this, you know, in the past where mm-hmm. they limited their sales of DVDs. So then they can release it, you know, uh, 10 years later. Yeah. Throughout the anniversaries. So, yeah, they would they would cut it off a couple of years before the anniversary and then start pulling them out. Again, yeah. And then and then again. people would just buy the DVDs like crazy again because they're, they release mm-hmm. more content, more special features and stuff like that better better resolution better resolution and this is the exact same film but they're just refreshing it every time just to make more money every 10 years well especially with the classic movies like cinderella snow white they kind of they, they love to they said re- remastered higher quality yeah which especially with those hand-drawn animations i don't know how quality you want to get with those yeah, but that's just how Disney makes money. I mean, after yeah. after Walt uh, passed away, they just did the whole vault thing. I mean, is there really a vault where they put everything in there? I think there is. Yeah. It, it, but, you know, it's it's kind of retarded. It's more of a warehouse. Yeah, it's more of a warehouse. And it's kind of retarded now that, you know, all, all the movies are digi- digitized, you know, scanned and put into the computer at high resolution. Did you almost say jizzitized? Yeah, I almost said just jizzitized. Okay, we can't talk about pulling out anymore. No. <laughs> That's where your mind goes. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, yes, um, a lot of the stuff now is di- digitized. Mm-hmm. But back then, they still have the original films. They're not going to destroy those. Of course not. They might com- They might convert them to digital format, but they're still going to keep the original uh, in the, film reels. In the vault. <laughs> in the vault. In darkness, kind of like that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, and I guess it kind of makes sense that Disney's doing that because they got so many properties now that they can make money off of streaming their own movies with their own services. So the original deal was they were going to release Disney content, but Netflix also kind of snuck in there that they wanted uh, Marvel content. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when you start seeing Doctor Strange and like other, uh, I think Avengers, Captain Civil America, they start appearing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was part of that deal. So they're gonna, uh, damn it! I liked having Marvel content. Yeah, it, it's great because uh, you, you like seeing the movies again. But I, well, especially since some of them line up with the new releases that come out. 
So you kind of want to like, oh, wait, what happened at the end of the movie? Oh, that's right. This happened. And then they're they're picking it up with a new movie here. Yeah. But I think Disney's trying to get extra money out of streaming because they did something fairly similar to where when you buy the movie, you get the digital version of it on, you know, iTunes or whatever. And I think that's kind of cool, but the quality isn't the same. So almost like what Amazon does with their Amazon Music, if you buy a CD album, they'll give you the digital version for free. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool because it it goes cross-platform. Yeah. I don't know. Because, okay, the reason Netflix works is because they have content from different providers as well as original content. There's a lot of networks uh, trying to kind of piggyback on what HBO has been having success with, like with the HBO Go. Um, CBS is starting their own, uh, what's it called? CBS All Access? Or what's it called? A CB, yeah, CBS Access. But I noticed, Access. I noticed that Hulu signed on with HBO. So you get some HBO content on Hulu now. Yeah, but usually that's for, at, at least in the past history with HBO, they only release series that are no longer active. So Band of Brothers, you might get some other like... Uh, I'm blanking on the, the HBO stuff. Sopranos. Yeah, but surprisingly, you're able to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, really? So they're adding current content. Yeah, I I saw the the ad recently on on YouTube. <laughs> hmm, that's impressive. Yeah, and I I think you should catch up. I think it's a very good time to catch up. I am looking at the first season of Blue of the of Game of Thrones season on Blu-ray at my desk right now, and I have not started. Yeah, it. I think you should start this uh, after your crazy week of birthday parties probably um let's say so last week when i went to uh, my my my, i guess former co-workers going away they were talking about game of thrones i mentioned that i had the blu-ray and not to be racist but the three asians that were there kind of giggled and laughed saying oh you buy it (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh, you damn Asians, and you're pirating. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. They're your people, Anton. Hey, I, I have a couple of Blu-rays. It's they they were gifts, weren't they? Yes, uh, I got it for Christmas. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> All right, so uh, what's coming back on Netflix or what? Who's Fisker? Well, okay, the Fisker I was referring to is not on Netflix, but I think the one you're trying to hint at is that the Defenders are coming. To Netflix. Yep, they're coming the, out this month. Yeah, the the combination of well, the combination, the collision of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist is finally being uh, formed into the Defenders. You mean the the, the you know yeah? You mean the Iron Pinch? Not the Iron. Oh my God, that picture, <laughs> that GIF, <laughs> that GIF, or GIF, that GIF. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Defenders, think of them as the JV Avengers. <laughs> Junior Avengers. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited about this, but I, I'm wondering who the villain's going to be because the person that, what's his name? Um, the villain from Jessica Jones. Um, David Tennant. David Tennant, damn it. Out of all the villains combined with the ones from the cinematic universe, I think Kilgrave was the scariest villain villain that they've showed so far. 
Kilgrave. Remember, he he had the power to su- like give you like commands through suggestion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I think so too because I mean, there's nothing nothing that blocks him from. Well, not just that, but like you you don't know what's happening. Like in in the in the real world, if you saw somebody with that kind of power, you wouldn't know what was happening until it's too late. Yeah, I think they they call him the Purple Man. Yeah, because I think in the in the comic book he was actually had like purple skin. A purple suit, too. Well, yeah, purple suit, purple skin, but, you know, they don't want to be too cartoonish in the show. So, I mean, I can't wait for that. I think by the time the... By the time this episode comes out, it should be out, like, within a couple days. Yeah, because I think this season there's going to be a lot of ninjas. Well, mm-hmm. not ninjas. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of the the, the Chinese... Yeah, the 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 foot the foot in the hand. Yeah, the foot in the hand, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of clash between that and uh, someone else. I think there's well, because yeah, they're because they're flat out armies at that point. The amount of ninjas they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is Sigourney Weaver is the villain. Really? Yeah, she's the the I think she's the foot. She is the foot. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch that. I'm probably going to be binging it that the weekend it comes out, <laughs> um, which sucks because I think that's going to be my turn to edit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I can, it's probably going to be the fastest editing job I've done for the show. <laughs> um, no, but the Fisker I was referring to originally was uh, Henrik Fisker. Did you ever hear of the Fisker car? Mm-hmm. The one that was based off uh, in, I think, Laguna Beach. Yeah, Laguna Be- Laguna Lake Forest area. Like if you were if you were driving on the five freeway, Laguna right where the four. Yeah, like right where the five and the four or five meet. If you looked off to your right, heading south, you would have seen the Fisker, uh, well, headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, they were around for I think only one year. They came up with the Fisker. Karma. Ooh. That was in, okay. Yeah, that was in 2014. It was an interesting car. So Hendrik Fisker was the he was a designer for Aston Martin and Ford for at least I think five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, he was a designer for BMW for 12 years from 89 to 2001. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of went off on his own, saying, "I'm gonna just start my own car company." And then he had. It's funny that he named the car the Karma because. It there was a I believe there was a there was a defect in the car and they had to do a recall. But since the car the car company was so new, they financially they couldn't handle it, so they went out of business because of that one recall. Yeah, I say it's ironic to call the karma because him and Elon Musk had a big feud over the Model S. So here's what happened. So the, when I was reading, yeah, I, I know a little bit about this because he basically took the same design. He didn't take the same design. He didn't take the same design. He screwed over Elon. So what happened was Elon hired him to design the Model S. Yeah, and he took the same design and made his own car that looks exactly the same as the Model S. Yes, but he was giving Elon junk designs. Like Elon pretty much said like it it he described his designs as a bubble car. It was not futuristic. It was more cartoonish than anything. But the guy I think he paid him like 800000 to design the car, and he was given that. And Fisker was doing it on purpose to take that money and invest it into his own car 
So Elon was like kind of funding Fisker in unintentionally. Yeah, and yeah, I heard about that too, and I I thought that was a little unfair for, you know, Elon because this guy's he already has a master plan on what he wants to do on his own. Right. He knew what he he mm-hmm. knew what he was doing. He had his design, but he wanted to hold it off for himself. Mm-hmm. And then Fisker was kind of a dick because he said, "Look, Elon, you pay me to design your car. I gave you a design. Therefore, I did my job, and you have to pay me the rest of my money." And uh, I don't know if you you've seen this yet, but at the car show, he revealed the car that was supposedly the one model that that uh, Elon was supposed to get hands on. Uh, wait, what do you mean? The, for for Fisker or for Tesla? For Fisker, he he unveiled his concept car at uh, at the the show. Yeah, th- that was the that was the Karma. Yeah, and it was a big slap in the face. It was, and it, it's funny how similar to to the Model S that is. Because yeah, the, the Elon pretty much took the design and said, "Screw it!" Like he got his own his own his uh, another designer told him what he wanted to make, came up with the Model S. And it's funny how what Elon described was almost what the Fisker came out to be. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so back to 2014, the car company goes out of business. Uh, a Chinese company, I don't, I don't even know if it's an auto parts company or just like a giant con- conglomerate that wanted to buy uh, failed companies. Uh, they bought it and they still said they, they bought everything. They bought the name, the designs, the even the inventory. They still had enough parts to build a few more Karmas. They finished that run, and then they used the extra revenue to rebuild the company under the name, um, under the name Karma, uh, in honor of of a uh, Heinrich fin- uh, Finsker, uh, Heinrich Fisker. They just released the new Karma Rivero, and this is this is just came out. I think this month. There's only been a few dozen that was released. Uh, Ten of them went to dealerships to try to get the buzz out, and ten were sent to. Uh, Laguna from Moreno Valley where they're building it now for test drives and for just kind of like press release. Look how sick that car is, dude. Looks like uh, it needs some medicine. It needs some what? Medicine. Medicine? Yeah, because it's sick. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like the the front, like the like the wheel wells, the, the grill, it's very Aston Martin, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Aston Martin. The front uh, with the emblem with the grills reminds me of the BMW grills. True, that's right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of and like the the cabin the cabin or whatever you want to call yeah. it the, the actual body the, the actual interior of the car kind of looks like the Porsche. Yeah, it's 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 got a little bit of the Porsche because uh, of the, the 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 top slope, and mm-hmm. I think the side doors kind of remind me of. You know the the Mercedes AMG style um, of the sides. Well, a lot of the new car companies are, are doing what what Tesla Tesla's trying to do is just like, kind of like the 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 flushed uh, or flush handles, yeah, like the they don't sleep. pop out. Yeah, the sleep. I- interesting yeah, so thing about the Model Three is that they're not going to pop out. Uh, you you just have to go up to the door, and if you have a phone, you can. Uh, unlock it that way or if you have a credit card type of key you just mm-hmm. tap the door to open there's no handle oh eh, i guess that kind of makes sense there's a lot of fo- like that's what the kind of the new cars are doing now with like the wireless entry mm-hmm. um but yeah no this came to mind because i was on the freeway today coming home from the gym 
and I saw one of these, but it was like kind of on a kind of like a powder powder blue or like baby blue. Mm-hmm. So it looked like kind of like an old school Corvette. And I was like, what car is that? Because I never saw the emblem before. It was kind of like a rainbowish like logo, like the emblem. Yeah. Kind of like a rainbowish. No, no picture, no letters. It's just like a like a solid rainbow disc. Yeah, it looks like the base price isn't too bad for a uh a for a luxury car. car. Yeah, a sports yeah. car. Yeah, you're looking at the prices for pretty much like a, a souped up uh BMW or like a, a M I would call it the M M five. You can get a uh a pretty decent configuration of Model S for that type of money too. True. But some of the reviewers are saying that this is the the, the experience within within the car. And the ride itself is better than a Tesla. And that's a lot to say because Tesla that already is. topped the charts for almost everything that has to do with uh, yep. reviewing the car. So, it, it, yeah, I know. The, the safety tests, those are insane, dude. Yeah. Like, they compared it against a Volvo, which a Volvo is known for its safety. Mm-hmm. And it was insane. But, um, yeah, this I saw it on the street. I'm like, what is this? And I see Karma. But I'm like... Okay, this car's too new to be a Karma, and then I I drive up to the side of it and I see the name, uh, Rivero. So I'm like, what the hell? So uh, this this is bad. But I was googling in traffic since it was not moving. I do it all and, the time. Yeah, Google yourself in traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And I saw like that Fisker's back, back from the grave. Like all these articles saying, uh. You know, Fisker comes back to life, risen from the ashes. And I'm I'm curious. I'm, I'm kind of happy to see it back. I was sad when, I, even though I was never a fan of Fisker, I was excited to see a car company start up in Orange County and based out of Orange County. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to own a Fisker anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still go with Tesla, though, because they have a lot more uh, research and development on, on, their, on their products. But scroll down, dude, to like the interior shot. I'm a fan of red. That kind of reminds me of what the Bugatti interior looks like. No, Bugatti's more. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, but Bugatti's more. Bugatti Veyron, the one yeah. of the the recent ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're Byron. more. No, I say they don't treat their they don't treat their driver the interior like it's a car they treat it as if it's a freaking rocket ship or a spaceship mm-hmm. everything's very there's a purpose to it it's there for a reason but we're going to make it look futuristic but yeah this is yeah this is definitely a nice car i'm sad that's out of my price range but yeah i mean it, i live in an orange county i think i'm going to be seeing a lot more of these not yet they're still they they barely started releasing them last month yeah, it's interesting because uh, reading the article that you sent me, uh, they're they're looking at five thousand cars a year, uh, which isn't which bad is, for for a new startup. That's not bad. Yeah. Oh, there's the name of the company. The, so it was it was bought by an investment group in China called uh, and do not get mad at me if I mispronounce it. But I'm gonna say uh, Wang Xing, Wang Shang, Wang Xing, Wang Xiang. Uh, that's close, but. All right, I think I think they're laundering money. So probably. <laughs> All right, dude. That's it for me for the for the Fisker. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the night. All right, Anton. If, if fans want to give us a chance to one day own a Fisker, uh, how can they support us? They can buy us a bunch of beers so that we can all drink about. 
dreams <laughs> that we like okay. to have and okay. futuristic cars that we might own someday somehow, they can go to our website at www.the2oc.com and click on buy us a beer button. And if you want to make us rich, you can buy all of our stickers and t-shirts on our store. Also, we're going to be putting some notes, uh, some links to our notes about some of the stuff that you can find that we talk on the show from Amazon. And that way you can help us out by uh, giving us a little kickback on the purchases that you make on their website. At no additional price to you. Uh, yeah, no, I was scared that you were going to try to link uh, drinking with driving. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you want to follow us, send us, drop us a line, support us, show your love with a few... Drop us a line of cocaine? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Send us a few heart likes. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the 2OC for each of those platforms. If you want to give us a little bit more context to what you want to tell us, tell Anton that he should not drink and drive, or maybe tell Anton what some of the best seafood places in Florida is, you can send your email to mail at the 2OC.com. All right, Anton, anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, everybody. For the 2OC, I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duo. Have a good one, guys. Later. Later.